Hello. Hello. We're back. We're here. We're here on a holiday weekend because, again, we take our jobs very seriously. And I don't think that people know that, but... I take my job so seriously that I work over a holiday weekend. <laughs> you do? Do you work tomorrow, too? I sure do. Memorial wow. Day is always the worst day to work at a burger restaurant. Is it like the worst day, do you think, of the whole year? Oh, absolutely. Without really? a doubt. Memorial Day, Labor Day is second place. Are- um, Are people yeah. not in good moods though? Because they're like off work no, and like it's, have- it's because everyone is in a burger movie. Oh, that's I the problem. See. And everything is just crazy and chaotic and nuts and and I just suffer. Guys, my poor feet. So are you saying that of your two jobs that this is the easier one this week? Um <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I well, I would say my easiest one would just be like the residuals I get from writing. Well, that's <laughs> that, that's the easiest income that I that's get true. all year. Because you've already done all that work. I've already done all that work. I know, but there's more work to and be I'm done just here. just raking in those tens of dollars. Hey, yeah. that's why those writers are on strike. Well, I guess that's not what you do. It's a different Whatever. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And goodbye May. Hello to my birthday month. June is <laughs> I mean, coming up. It is still May as we're recording this and the day we release it. Yeah, yeah. But like everyone knows what's just around the river bend. It and is. that is June, June, June. I know. Is it already officially Gemini season? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're most in your moon or whatever? I always feel like I'm in my moon. That's I never good. feel like I'm not in my moon. I think that's great. I don't know what that means. I don't but either. Like, I can't. I, unless I've just always never been in my moon and this is just normal to me and then one day you know when I you know when everything is right in the world right. with me, then I'll actually be in my moon and then I'll feel much better about myself. But I feel good about myself now. That's great. Well, yeah. I'm excited for your birthday. Do you have a plan of what the movie is going to be that you're going to invite us all over to watch I this year? no plans whatsoever. I won't have uh-huh. a plan until June 18th, the day before. All right. Well, I guess I'll be there on the actual day, no matter what day of the week it is. It's a Monday. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so I will see you then. Thank you. Matt Steele. Yes. How was your week? My week was good. Yeah. It was very fun. I just worked. I, um, I went to a birthday party Tuesday. I celebrated my friend Arthur's birthday, and so had a whole Mexican uh, feast with him and That's everything. Great. That it was, and it was nice to see all of those friends. And I uh, had a meeting with my manager. I uh, got a new commercial agent. Ooh. So that's exciting! Can't wait to see you all over the Super Bowl commercials. Selling those Skittles. Yes. We we were talking. Me and my manager were like, "What do you think you could sell?" And first thing that came to my head was just like pack of Skittles. <laughs> I feel like I could be in a Skittles commercial. Why, why do you think Skittles specifically? It's like the rainbow of it all being like kind of gay. No, no. because I'm fine. I was talking in the uh, uh, live chat earlier about how yes. much I love fruit and <laughs> Skittles are like very fruity. Yes. And so I should be the spokesperson for fruity things. Okay. Therefore Skittles hire me. I will be the Skittles man. Well, they had just hired Maya Rudolph to be the M&M's lady. So you could like play off of her and in that Skittles could be a world. huge ride rivalry between me and Maya Rudolph. Oh, I was going to say it would be a beautiful crossover, but I didn't know you guys were being, you'd rather be rivals. It's more fun to have an enemy. Okay, great. So therefore I'm going to do that. So Maya Rudolph is now my enemy. <laughs> oh no, I like her. Well, pick <laughs> a side, bitch. I hate that I have to pick a side. This is like Vanderpump Rules all over again. What do you mean you have to pick a side? Look, you're not automatically like picking no, my I side? I like Maya Rudolph. You have to think about it? I mean, her mom um, was, who was the singer who sang in Whistletones before uh, Mariah? Minnie Ripperton. That's cool. Yeah, but my mom's cool. Your mom is very Linda cool. Linda Steele does amazing things. Absolutely, she does. So why can't you just automatically be on my side? I'll get back to you. I can't. I don't want to lay my allegiances down yet. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, okay? this is hurtful. <laughs> what did you do this week? What did I do this week? I mean, a lot of the week I was still recovering from my being under the weather. And so it was kind of a low-key week. Also, like... Something that we don't discuss enough is when you take a vacation of any amount of time, that's not like a day or two, and you come back and you open up your work emails. And of course, there's like 12 five alarm fires and like there's just so much shit going on and like all these new deadlines. So it was very much like, you know me, I'm very much like, oh, I turn the day job on, I turn the day job off. And I just go on my walks, we do two gay mats, I make music, but it was like, so I was thinking about it after work and there's nothing I hate more than thinking about my day job when I'm not at the job. But I feel like since I was gone, it just things have ramped up and I just in the next two or three weeks, I got to get a lot done. I got to support our developers and be the best product manager I can be. 
And that's that's taking up more brain space than it usually does for me. You See, know? you're very different for me because I actually love like emails about stuff. Like I love emails that have to do with like work in some sort of way. Cause mm. I'm like, ooh, like something productive maybe is no. is happening. No, I mean if it were an email about, you know, two gay mats or an email about like my music, which I do get a good email about my music, which I can't talk about just yet. But I but if that would be one thing, but when it's about like, oh, day job, this client needs XYZ and you need to be on it and like these are your new it's like I, I'm overwhelmed. It's too much for me. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, I want to close the computer down and I can't. Um, outside of that, I've been enjoying the weekend. It's been lovely. I was saying before the podcast started that I went to our friend Joe and Tim's house today. This morning we had a lovely brunch and um, played some video games and uh, I'd had a couple of drinks. We brought them some uh, souvenirs from Costa Rica, including um, an alcohol called Cacique, which is a Costa Rican liquor. And so we made little cocktails with those and uh, we, we can walk there and walk back so I could get as tipsy as I wanted. And then now I'm in front of the mic, a little, you know, a little tipsy not really tipsy but you know i've had a drink or two so maybe i'll be a little more loose-lipped i'll say things have I you had say. a drink you're talking a mile a minute now. i so. mean i have a lot to say i have more to say darling guys in five minutes he's gonna be passed out <laughs> that is not matt Steele thinks if i have literally a sip of alcohol that i will fall asleep immediately and that's not the case you're you're just gonna hear <laughs> his head in the microphone that? what if i did that if i came on this podcast so drunk that i fell asleep it would be iconic i would Are never you do it imagine the vamping i would have to do <laughs> because i wouldn't be able to turn the podcast off because i don't know how to <laughs> i don't know what button to push i would have to i'd be searching everywhere for stop live stream it's true yeah. oh one very funny thing that happened that i've told the discord folks about but i have not told the podcast at large is yesterday i was walking uh on the street doing a walk with my friend janie who you've probably heard of seen before she's been on the podcast several times and we walked and stopped at a stoplight and there was this guy kind of burly man in an SUV with a, who I assume is his girlfriend in his passenger seat looked over at us and he yells at us and he says too gay and was like Oh my, I'm too gay. What did I do? And like, <laughs> Girl, I, what didn't you do to be too gay? <laughs> you know, I'm subtle and people never can clock me. Uh, and so at first I was like nervous because I was like, I don't know what this is. Am I being hate crimed in broad daylight? But then I looked at his face and it was a warmer face than a hate crimer would have. <laughs> and so he kind of was like more looking inquisitively. And I was like, Matt's? And he was like, yeah, two gay Matt's. Like, I love you guys. Keep up the great work. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. So hello, sir, out there. Yes, sir. Or at least your girlfriend's probably listening. Thank you so much for saying too gay to be on the street. It was a shock, but then it was kind. I don't understand why you think it was his girlfriend. Maybe it was his best friend. It could have been. I just, I maybe, you know, I cannot judge someone's sexuality from their car while I'm on the street, but it was, it did feel like a hate crime initially and usually <laughs> that I don't feel from a fellow queer person. Yeah, because he was, when he like texted us in the Discord, he was just like, this straight guy like stopped me and he describes him and I'm just like, girl, that sounds like every guy I've ever dated. Which is also what I said was, that's the problem. <laughs> I think the 2023 challenge would be like, Matt Steele date a gay man, <laughs> which would be a nice thing. But this guy could have been gay. I don't think so. He could have been. I don't think so. <laughs> Well, sir, if you're out there, I'm single. I don't know. No, don't try to date this straight guy in the car. Listen, these are desperate times, okay? I, if, if a random guy in a straight car, in a car who I've never seen before, wants to date me, I'm available. <laughs> I want you to date like a like a, a Chris Colfer type, like someone who's like very plainly gay. <laughs> no shade to Chris Colfer. We are also plainly gay. I'll date Chris Colfer. Like, listen, listen. Great author. He's an author now. I know. Yeah, and also I believe he directed a movie at some point. Really? Yeah, I forget what it was called, but it was one of the movies that me and uh, Ryan, the director of Devos, watched to like prepare ourselves for like like I and like give ourselves ideas for like Devos. Right. We were just watching a bunch of teen comedies and everything. Oh, uh, what was it called? It was something about like being struck by lightning. Oh, I totally forget what it was called, but it was really cute and really fun. I and love that. Really well done. I don't know if. He directed it or if he just wrote it? I know he at I'm, least wrote it. I remember he was on like a tour promoting that movie. Okay. And I don't remember what his part in that. Struck by Lightning was what Struck it was called. Struck by Lightning. And, uh, great. I'm glad it was a good movie. And then you guys could connect over your film, you know, aspirations and histories. Chris Cole for Matt Steele, the new ship. Then we can collaborate yes. and like become like a directing team and become the new Daniels. And mm. we'll make a gay everything everywhere all at once. That's what the world needs. Yeah. I hope I get a part in it. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love that I always have to audition. Um, should we jump into the news for radio? Sure, why not? So, the people are talking about Halle Bailey 
and Little Mermaid because it made a whole bunch of fucking money over the weekend. It has dominated the Memorial Day box office with a 118 million debut. It was uh, the fifth, I think, biggest Memorial Day box office in the U.S. And I think that's very exciting. I think internationally it may not be living up to expectations, but also there's been a lot of review bombing of, you know, racists and other people who hate on Halle Bailey because she is more talented and more beautiful than they will ever be. Uh, but let's focus on the positives. And the positives are that this movie is doing well. And I feel like the everyone who's seen it has been highlighting what a great job she does. Oh, yeah. She's universally getting praise. Which yeah. I love that so much. Because the thing is, I had my reservations. And I still haven't seen it. I'm going to probably see it in the upcoming week. I was trying to see it today. But they didn't have enough seats for all four of us to sit together. And I didn't want us to sit apart. So uh, I'm going to be seeing it soon. And I just because I want Halle Bailey to have a good moment with this. Like, we can't have the black princess. Like, I don't want the racists to win. You know? And I'd like to see her perform and do a beautiful job, of course. But I also want to make racist mad and by doing that by supporting a young black Ariel I'll be making those racists mad and that makes me happy I mean good for you you know it's good I, to have a goal absolutely you know, I'm is. thrilled for her she's really having a moment like like you can tell that the when I mean spoiler alert we'll talk about the color purple later uh, but when the color purple trailer came out they yes. were very smartly like we have to release this the week of the Little Mermaid coming out. It's a good have idea. To, we have to feature Halle Bailey a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, because her part in The Color Purple is not half the movie, right? Because it's Absolutely <laughs> not. That trailer made me think it was. I will say, like, her character, though, is the inciting incident. Okay. And so, in order to get, like, exposition for the trailer, it does make sense to have her featured quite a bit. Got also, it. it obviously makes sense because she's having such a huge moment right yes. now. She is on everyone's mind. So, of course... Put her all over that first color purple. Why trailer. wouldn't you? Good for everyone involved. Good for her. I am thrilled. I mean, I, I hear the movie is just delightful. It's getting like the best reviews of any of the live action remakes, Good. right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes numbers are exactly for like the Jungle Book and Cinderella and right. like, those ones. But but I, I hear it's it's doing well, like critically. And congratulations to everybody. Honestly, congratulations to all involved, especially Halle Bailey, who I love. Endlessly. Um, and Jacob Tremblay, who is the king of acting. You do love Jacob, Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay is so fucking brilliant in everything he does. Well, congratulations to him, to you, to everybody there. Did you, I assume you are going to wait until a later part of the podcast to talk about the Color Purple trailer? Ah, uh, yes, I will. Okay, well, let's talk about another um, debut that's occurred this week uh, at the Cannes Film Festival. The Weeknd and Sam Levinson's new show, The Idol, premiered at Cannes, and I guess people stood up, gave them quite the for a few minutes, but unfortunately, it has debuted with a pretty low score on Rotten Tomatoes. When the article I'm looking at was written, it was at 9%, but I believe I looked again before we started the podcast, and it was up to like about 23%. Okay. Um, but it has been described as worse than people thought in a Pornhub homepage odyssey. And I, you know, I, you know, I'm not one to celebrate anything's not being received well but we all know The weekend's not my personal favorite and that the little clips we've seen of this the trailer we saw of this uh, show left gave me more questions than answers okay. I'm like what <laughs> what is the reason like why is do we need this dark take like what I did love I will say I love the Gimme More remix that was played during that trailer but um the, all signs are pointing to me passing on watching this. I hear of the things that like are featured because I've not seen the trailer and I've not seen the show. Mm. Uh, the things I hear are in it sound a little much, not not quite things that your eyes would enjoy no. seeing. I'm okay when it comes to like graphic stuff, mm. but there are some times where I'm just like, Oh, right. this is a. There was one movie that came out last year that I will not reference. But <laughs> 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 there were many moments where I was just like. <gasps> Oh, we're doing this. Oh my. Like, what? And so this the hearing about what the idol is like from other people from word of mouth, it sounds like it, it could be going down that route. And so I'm kinda like, eh, well, I don't know if I really need to see it. Right. I wish everyone the best. And the thing is, I am a Euphoria fan. Like, I'm excited for that to come back in, like, 2025. I think they've announced yeah, they're planning Sam for that. Yeah, and that's Sam Levinson. Sam Levinson also adapted uh, the Tick, Tick, Boom movie. Oh, really? Oh, yes, he did. I didn't so know. So I will always sing his praises about his work for that. All right. So, yes, this is a man who clearly has a lot of talent. But I don't know that this upcoming 
uh, show is going to be for me. I also thought this quote from The Weeknd discussing this uh, made me laugh. It was in W Magazine. Um, and he said it was difficult to switch from music to act, acting, and he simply lost his voice after a concert. He explained, my theory is that I forgot how to sing because I was playing Tedros, a character who doesn't know how to sing. I may be looking too deeply into this, but it was terrifying. As The weekend, I've never skipped a concert. I've performed with the flu. I'll die on that stage. But that was something very complicated going on with my mind at the moment. Yeah, Abel, I think you are looking too deep into this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's... Possible. No. I, well, I love it when when you know singers like act once and they're just like, <laughs> my life has changed. Like, Everything's different. It took over my life. I have. I'll never be the same. And it's like, and fucking Judy Dench just shows up wherever hey. she's just like, oh yeah, I did this role. It was whatever. That's the thing. Sometimes I feel like the world's best actors are like, well yeah, I'm going to work. I'm going to do the job as well as I can. And then the cameras go off and I go home and I am myself. <laughs> and they're like, and everything's it's just, fine. It's just acting. It's it's fine. <laughs> It's like uh, you ever see like the interview with uh, uh, is um, uh, from oh god what's the movie uh, Isabelle Huppert okay uh, when she was in uh, oh, L the movie L and she was being interviewed and uh, the uh, interviewer she was at the round table and the interviewer was like do you think there's ever been a role that like really like changed you that like was made it hard to get out of it or something like along mm. those lines and you could tell the interviewer wanted the actresses to be like oh yes it's, <laughs> I got so deep into this role it took me months to get out of it and everything and Isabella Bear just went no <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious and it's like yes and she's one of the greatest actresses ever and so. I love knowing that you as an actor are like that like I can't imagine if for the months that you were filming Devos like you decided to be Ricky Redman for those times for that amount are of time you the, like there was a, there were a million things going on in my head while I was on set it's like I, I can't do the whole method thing like, I'm concentrating <laughs> on so much and also I mean the thing with that is like I wrote the role and right. so I've known I knew how I wanted to do it for you know years of my life so so it was already very much in my body. Right. So it was just like, I was off, you know, painting something and they were like, Matt, I need you. And so I would come <laughs> on and they'd be like, action. And I'd just go blah, 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 and scream for a couple minutes. And then they'd be like, okay, great cut. And then I'd go off. And, I mean, you wore a lot of hats on that film set. Let's be sure serious. Did. I was remixing pop music, baby. <laughs> and doing a great job of it. I really did. That's the I? thing. You can do so much. And I, I hope that Abel, Abel, I don't know how to say his name, feels he can do a lot too. And that he doesn't have to forget how to sing to do his job as an actor. You don't have to forget how to sing. You don't. You don't. You really <laughs> don't. Uh, but speaking of trailers making waves this week, the full Barbie trailer has been released. And I must say, it looks excellent. Oh, it looks so great. And I love how this trailer showed like, oh, the plot is them going into the real world right. as these like characters. And so it's like much more meta than the first trailer totally. like made it seem. So that sounds very exciting and fun. And I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a huge hit. And we're only... Oh, I thought it was June. It was July. We're not that far out from it, which I appreciate. And I think it's just exciting for me because, you know, I'm not a film person. But the fact that I have Little Mermaid this month and then Barbie coming up so soon thereafter of like movies that I'm very excited about seeing. I don't know. Maybe maybe I love cinema. Look at you, a franchise franny over That's here. That's me. Well, is Barbie going to be a franchise? I, I mean, it's Bar it's Mattel. It's I mean, like it's Barbie. Mattel. Yeah. Yes, but I didn't know if the film. Oh, I don't be. think it'll be like a film franchise, oh. but it's definitely commenting on the franchise-ness of Barbie. Right. And that kind of stuff, which is very very fun. I get it. I do think that Ryan Gosling is going to get nominated. Oops, started playing the show. It's going to get nominated for something. I mean, it would be so cool if he if he got a lot of buzz for supporting actor. He's, I mean, he's getting the best reviews out of anyone right. in the movie and people are like he's so good in it. So I would love to see Th that performance gets. I think it's. I always love it when a com like a comedic performance gets a lot of Oscar buzz. Right. Could he be the next Marissa Tomei? I would love that for, for my cousin. Vinny. I mean, and even you know Jamie Lee Curtis just literally won last year she for did. like her overtly comedic performance. So I love watching uh, comedic performances shine. I love that moment in the trailer when they are getting booked into the. They've gotten arrested and are getting booked or whatever. And Margot Robbie as Barbie is very upset and like he's like very much cheesing. It's Amazing. Like, so fucking funny. so funny. I I like the first trailer a good bit, but I. Thought this was quite yeah. the improvement. I can't wait to see the movie and the soundtrack was announced as well. I think more often, more of the tracks were announced than not. Apparently, people appearing on um, the record are Dua Lipa. She has the single. Uh, we just reacted to that on our YouTube channel. Tame Impala, Nicki Minaj featuring Aqua. There's a Barbie girl 
you know, updated version that Nikki is doing with the Aqua sample, which I appreciate because I felt like there was much ado made about like, this movie is not going to have that song in it. But it was like, well, we have a twist on it, which I appreciate. Yeah. Ava Max, Haim, Pink Panthers, and Ryan Gosling himself. There's just a lot of people on the soundtrack. I think it's going to be really great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They they put they knew exactly what the people wanted from this and Absolutely. they're giving it to them. I think it should. I mean, I wonder why. And we don't have that many men, but there's like. A few more than I would like for like a Barbie movie. For me, that feels like let's get all the ladies in there. But there are a lot of ladies. Charlie XCX, um, Gail, uh, Ice Spice, you know, Taylor Swift's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that this um, is, is coming up for people. Uh, I just need to speak just quickly. I won't make every week until the end of the season about Vanderpump Rules, but I just have to say... Part one of the reunion was excellent. Ariana did a great job. Raquel is watching the reunion from a trailer 100 feet away because she's currently, at this point, has the restraining order against Sheena. So Sheena starts on stage with everybody. Raquel is watching this. like Literally, it's like she's watching people in the Thunderdome, this man she is with currently, get berated. And she's looking at it like she's watching Animaniacs. Like she's got the biggest smile on her face. She's like, ooh. That's crazy. It's like, Raquel, what is... I don't know if she's a sociopath, if she just doesn't get the gravity of it, but it's wild. And I also very much appreciate that, uh, obviously, this has become such a big thing, that the normal edited version is airing on Bravo the night uh, of the reunions. And then the next day on Peacock, there's an extended version that's completely uncensored, which I think they should do for every reality show. Because it's like, having those curse words in there and not bleeped out really does make a difference. (laughs) Because you really feel the anger. The funniest part for me of the whole reunion was right at the beginning, they cut to Sandoval and Andy's like, okay, Sandoval, before we get started, do you have anything you want to say just about this scandal and how things have been going for you? And he starts, he's like, I just have to say and like he's clearly crying one way or another and everyone on stage yells at him and is like you need to fucking stop crying you're not the victim here the sad sack actor's like oh shit this is not gonna go great for you and then he immediately turns the tears off and it's like you're a bad actor but you're broken inside oh my god (laughs) i know ask him to sing something do you think like he was acting so much that he lost his singing voice too (laughs) i bet he did isn't he in a band he is he's in tom sandoval in the most it's a cover band so it's not a real band okay but you still need to sing sing don't worry he sings poorly (laughs) (laughs) maybe he's just spent so long like acting maybe showing his not real self on vanderpump rules that he lost his original ability to sing that he had when he was younger i think he's oh for two on abilities okay i do i must say uh but going from my favorite reality show to yours apparently cbs has pushed back big brother because of the writer's strike and they want it to be a part of their fall lineup it's going to be debuting in august how are you in the big brother fans feeling about this change we're okay (laughs) we know that at least it's happening i mean it kind of works out for me because like i'm going to be in jersey for a period of july like directing something so i was kind of worried it's going to be i was like oh i'm going to miss like week three of big brother and i'll have to catch (laughs) up and everything so i won't have to do that then that's good um we're not it's it's just because the show is such a summer show like mm. it's such a summer aesthetic right uh and so we're kind of bummed about that we feel like it won't be the same in like celebrity big brother t- not celebrity big brother uh big brother all stars 2 which was which happened uh in 2020 the covid year that was pushed back that started like middle of august mm, okay um and so that just like didn't have the same feel to it right um but you know you got to do what you got to do i understand it at least the show's happening i think the thing that most fans are a little worried about is they pushed it back to 99 days mm. which like the past couple seasons it um was just like 80 something days okay. which was so much better um because it like it didn't like tire out like as quickly and everything because by the end of the season you're just like girl i am done yeah, like that's enough um so but they extended it to 99 days i guess to fill out even more fall time mm. slots that you know they're trying to fill and everything so it makes sense to them we're not the most thrilled, but like right. you gotta do what you gotta do. At least it's happening. That's good. All I want is just messy people. Just put the messy people in the house. Do you think that since it's going to be pushed back until August, that there's still a chance that you could be on it? Absolutely not. Oh. They do not want my ass at all. Why? I don't know. But I'm still making an audition video next year. Can I? Maybe I should become one of the casting directors and then be like, oh, this young upstart that I don't know, I've never met, should definitely be on the show. We would have to delete our entire (laughs) channel so there's no proof. Or guys, you just don't tell. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so the Big Brother fans find everything, oh, wow. okay? They would absolutely find well, everything about you, everything about me, everything about everyone you've ever known in your entire but life. But by the time you get in the house, hopefully, that's when they start finding the things. Like, oh, well, he's in the house now. Can't do anything about it. Oh, no, but that's when you get they get even angrier. Really? Because they're angry that you are in the house. And so they, they spend it. all the weeks you're in the house build, like trying to figure out how will we destroy his life oh. to the best of our abilities when he comes out. <laughs> Well, we don't want that for you. But you know what? Even if I get on Big Brother and everybody hates me and they destroy my life, at least I got on Big Brother. That's true. You got to think about think of the positive. You yeah. know, those silver linings are always there. Olivia Rodrigo is continuing to hint about new music. She shared a photo on her Instagram with the date of June 30th, Hearted. So that's supposedly going to be the beginning of her new era. Everyone stay tuned. Um... Miley Cyrus has announced in some magazine that she can't do another arena tour because she finds it so isolating. Huh. Like singing for hundreds of thousands of people isn't really the thing that I love. There's no connection. There's no safety. It's also not natural. It's so isolating because if you're in front of 100,000 people, then you are alone. Um, she feels like she, you know, going on these kind of arena tours, she has to live out of like a locker and things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like she got a little bit of pushback about this because it's like, okay, we're not going to feel bad at you about you know, you being able to do an arena tour. But also for me, it's like, if you don't want to be a touring artist, you don't have to be a touring then artist. Then don't do you know? it. You like, don't have to do anything you don't want to do. She's a great performer. And, um, if, but if that's not what she wants to be doing, then that's not what she's going to be doing. I find that very interesting though, that she's like, oh, it feels so like unsafe to, uh, to, to be like in a tour and everything. To me, like, I would prefer to do like a big arena tour. I would feel more confident doing a big arena tour than an mm. intimate thing because like w when you're doing an intimate thing and you're singing, like people are right there I and know. they will see all the flaws and everything. But an arena tour, it's like there's so much going on and you're, you know, an inch tall in their vision. And <laughs> right. so like you mess up a couple moves, no one notices. Right. I mean, Beyonce wouldn't know because she's never messed up a move in her I life. I know. Imagine but, Beyonce messing up. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm not afraid of any tour, big tour, small tour, anything, but we're going to do the big. Um, <laughs> of course they are. So yeah, I, I just think that's interesting, but she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want to do. She really doesn't. Uh, there's a rumor that Katy Perry wants to quit American Idol because she feels like she's getting a bad edit. She feels thrown under the bus by producers who she feels have edited the show to make her to appear to be the nasty judge. I haven't really been watching at all, but is that the case? Do you think she is supposed to be the Simon Cowell of the show? I mean, I guess if it's Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan up there with her, she would be the one that's the most outspoken. Sure. But... Also, Katie, you're making so much money and no one's really watching the show. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Like, the show isn't what it was. And I know that, especially since it went to a ABC, the show is not about highlighting the bad people. It's right. not about... Because when the show started, it was this was in an era when it was like, let's be as nasty on right. reality TV as we possibly can. Totally. And it was great. But, <laughs> but we are, are very now. much not in that era now. And yes. so American Idol is very much more of a positive thing. Totally. Uh, they put more of a positive spin on things right. now. Um, so, I mean, you know, if she feels like, girl, you can quit if you want. You can do what you want. <laughs> do what you, I think that's the theme of the episode. Just do what you want. Just do like, what you I'm want. not going to be pushing back against you because you want to quit a show that I'm not watching. Uh, okay, Nelly Furtado has announced her comeback single, Eat Your Man with Dom Dalla. It is up for pre-order now and it will be dropping uh, Friday, June 2nd. I think this is so exciting because you know how I feel about Nelly Furtado in general, especially the album Loose that Timbaland produced. She also, I feel like is her songs still go viral on TikTok every five minutes. So the fact that she is coming back in uh, to the limelight is an exciting moment for me. I always want our queens from the mid-aughts to have great comeback moments. I hope this single is excellent. I just feel like Nelly has done great stuff and lest we forget. You know what I mean? I don't want her to be forgotten to time and the fact that the Gen Z kids are finding her and putting her music in their TikToks makes me really happy because now we get new music. I will say that Nelly Furtado is very much a blind spot for me. Oh, really? I know virtually nothing. You don't know the Loose album? You don't know Maneater? Promiscuous Girl, I'm sure. Promiscuous Girl, I, I know. Yes. Um, but yeah, like her big, big songs, I, you know, have obviously I was a teenager. I grew up. I was yes. listening to this stuff. Um, but I can't say I know 
much about her like beyond like her hits and mm. even if you like were to name her hits I wouldn't exactly place like oh that's Nelly Furtado right you know and so so I'm I'm thrilled for her when was the last time she put out something the last time I can think of is she put out a single called Big Hoops I want to say t- like 2013 I want to oh, say so it's been a while it's been a long time she actually had another song that I would need to look up during the break that I did like from that era Big Hoops I did not like but it's been a long time so this is definitely a major comeback but that lose if you're starting with Nelly Furtado if you're not familiar with her work listen to the earlier singles too if you want to listen to I'm Like a Bird and uh, Try and like she has a lot of great stuff in those first two albums but then her turn to like pop electronic music she was kind of like a contemporary of Fergie and Gwen Stefani at the time she released Loose Uh, I would recommend that record a lot it was the precursor to Future Sex Love Sounds big album from Justin Timberlake and Timbaland just had you know a great eye on what was happening in pop music at that very moment and that album is excellent even all of it's like crazy bonus tracks are excellent it's like with all the bonus tracks it's like 20 21 tracks and like I like most of these oh wow it's really really solid so love that um and I just need to shout out the fact that Britney Spears, I feel like people are always bringing up to us her like worrying Instagram posts or whatever. And I am kind of disconnected from that narrative because I'm like, she's free now. She can post weird things if she wants. But I just must say, Britney Spears talking about reuniting with her mom after three years is so incredibly heartwarming. She says, my sweet mama showed up at my doorstep yesterday after three years. It's been such a long time with family. There's always things that need to be worked out, but time heals all wounds. And it's like... I love that because I don't mm-hmm. believe Lynn has ill will for Britney in any way. And mm-hmm. the fact that she's rebuilding this relationship with the woman who raised her and loved her, even though she's been through all this stuff with her dad, I feel like Lynn kind of got thrown under the bus with that. Like it was very much like all of my family is X, Y, Z. But Lynn, the fact that she was making that effort to reconnect with her daughter and that mm-hmm. she was welcomed in like, with open arms and got to meet Sam. Like it just is exciting for me to see Brittany having a happy turn of events. Yes. Cause a lot of people always try to highlight the negative with her. You know and what I'm saying? I think it's especially important for Brittany, you know, because I, I imagine Brittany like still, you know, she hasn't connected with her family in so long. And right. you know, if, you were someone who was close with your family and you're no longer close. Like you, there's probably a part of you that feels so isolated alone because your family is so important to you and integral to like, you know, literally your DNA. And so, and you know me, I'm all about like forgiveness, ironing, ironing out what needs to be ironed out. If you can, at least, at least trying, um, because I mean, you know, family is important and it always breaks my heart what to see like family estranged. Absolutely. In any sort of way. Yes. Um, so I mean, good for Brittany, good for Lynn, good for all the mothers of the world. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Goodbye May. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye May, but we want to give one last happy Mother's Day to Brittany's mom. Um, the HBO drama chief on the WGA tri- uh, strike is giving new updates on when a couple of their shows are going to be returning. And it looks like we're talking years down the road. <laughs> like Last of Us, they're saying uh, will return in 2025. The Le- White Lotus was ideally looking to return in 2024, but there's some question about timing because of the strike. Uh, and also there was a two and a half year uh, gap between season one and season two of Euphoria and fans are going to have to wait even longer for season three because of the strike. I just think we are getting to the point now that like the strike is really going to be impacting a lot Mm. of our viewing schedules. Um, You know, ideally we would have liked this to have been wrapped up by now and for an agreement to have been reached, but those executives have got to bend a little bit because I don't want to wait until 2029 for the next White Lotus season. Like, what about me? What about you? What about me? We'll so. still be young in 2029, so don't worry. But I <laughs> for, for the TV watchers out there, that is very stressful. And like, I saw ABC released like their like writer strike proof um, fall schedule, and it was just like The Bachelor. Followed by The Golden Bachelor, which is like The Bachelor, but for elderly people. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. these aren't shows. Like, I get it. Like, I watched The Bachelor for a very long time. But you releasing this as if you're like, don't worry, we got you. Great content coming up. And it's like... So we're just not going to see Abbott Elementary until y'all figure this out? Like, I don't want that. I mean, I would. You know I love an offshoot Big Brother moment, though. Like, <laughs> Big course. Brother Season 9, when which happened during the the writer strike back in 2008. Yes. And then Big Brother Over the Top, which happened in fall of 2016. Like, the offshoot Big Brothers are always madness. And so I would love, like, maybe one extra offshoot Big Brother <laughs> season, uh, just because they're always such gold mines. I mean. Um, so that would be, like, a little fun for me. 
me. I mean, and maybe since Vanderpump is as big as it's ever been, we'll get two seasons a year or something. Yeah. And that would really be something. Just yeah. have cameras on these people all the time, you know? Yeah. Because we got to see how this plays out. But I would like some scripted content again at some point because Succession ends as we speak. And I don't know. I feel like we're going to be running out of shows that people wrote on. So pay the writers what they're worth. Yeah. And I do wonder, though, if like SAG strikes and the Directors Guild strikes, I like know. if that will put much more immediate pressure on these, um, you know, like networks and everything. It seems like, yes, it seems like, yes. Um, we also just want to give a shout out to Tina Turner who passed away this week. She passed away at 83. Uh, her career spanned decades, garnered critical acclaim and number one hits. She passed away in her home in Switzerland. She was twice inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. I assume as a part of her duo with her, previous husband and by herself she has sold over 100 million records worldwide 12 grammys i just am so saddened by this obviously she was before our time but like the fact that so many artists these days namely beyonce Mm -hmm. credit her so much with what like inspired their performance style and you can see it when they do tributes to her you see performances of uh, Tina Turner I need to watch what's love got to do with it like I just want to know about her because she being like the queen of rock and roll like reading articles about how she's like I had to restart my career as a solo black artist in my 40s and like who knew how that was going to happen and she really fucking did it and she really just ushered in my favorite type of like performance style which was just like you watch as an audience member and you're just like, how are your bones not falling off? Exactly. Like you are going and going, you are a million bolts of lightning and there is no stopping. And I don't know how anyone can physically do this. Like she was, she was just like performance, like personified. She was a force. Yes. Did you see that video of when she came out for Oprah? Like Oprah had some special show and her favorite person in the world is Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. And Tina Turner came out and performed for her. And it's like, if Oprah is going that fucking crazy over you, like, You are just that bitch. Oh, like, period. I love the videos where Oprah's going crazy over someone. It's, it's like great. It's the Tina Turner one. And then it's like when you asked Oprah who her television idol was, and she was like, Mary Tyler Moore. Yes. And the video where she meets Mary Tyler Moore. I and she know. goes, that's like a door, like a ama- Like when you, when Oprah is your biggest fan, you done it. You really did you everything. You really right. did it. And yeah. also want to give a shout out to Celine Dion, who I believe this week announced that she is essentially retired. She will not be performing anymore. I think her illness is progressing in a scary way. So sending all love and light out to her because what a talented person and someone with such a good hearts and that has shared so much with the world, an incredible vocalist. And I don't know. I just want her to be safe and happy, which and, is what we want for all of us. And queens. who also put on a goddamn great show. I mean, hello. Who was just like opulence personified. Like, right. let's have all the special effects. Like, let's give audiences something to be thrilled about. Right. So, two amazing women. Two amazing performers yeah. that we send all our love to. Um, Matt Steele, is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? I don't Before we think take so. a quick little break. All right. Well, we'll be back soon with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. All right, we're back. We are back. It's true. Matt Palmer, sell the product. Yes, I just want you to know if you're listening to this podcast, we're so happy that you are. And if you could give us a nice five-star rating or review in your Apple Podcasts app or your Spotify app where you can leave star ratings these days, it would help us so much. It helps us with the algorithm. We want this podcast to reach as many ears as possible. So leave us a five-star review. If you have less than five stars to leave, just leave it to yourself. Like write yourself a note and don't share it. But if you have a five-star review to leave, leave it publicly. We'd love that. Tell your friends to listen. We love doing this for all of you and just want this to reach as many ears as possible. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so now we can move on to email my heart, which is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart. If you email us at two gaymats at gmail.com to is spelled T W O. Yes. And again, we got a lot of emails this week. Very popular. We'll just do three this week. I okay. think four last week was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and so we'll do three and we'll put others on the back burner. Uh, so this question comes to us from Jake. Jake says, Dream Girls Revival. Hi, Matt. I was listening to your most recent podcast and heard y'all talking about the rumored Dream Girls revival. According to some sources, aka me digging through all the TikTok Broadway tea creators, <laughs> the revival is coming next season with Alex Newell playing Effie, which I feel like is about to knock some people on their asses in the best way. That'd be fucking amazing. My question is who would you like to see fill out the rest of this cast? Because Alex as Effie. With Alex and Zephy, you are going to have some serious heavy hitters to match their energy. Anyway, love the show and hope you are well. 
One of your rare Jamie's, Jake. Oh, Jamie. Thank you so much for emailing us in. That's so kind. We love interacting with Jamie's like I did today out on the street. Out on the street. Well, you don't know. It's not confirmed. I know. (laughs) That Jamie could be my future husband. The biggest Kathy of them all. The biggest Kathy of them all. Matt Steele, did you have people in mind? Um, I think Alex Nuala's Effie is so much fun. Yes. Like that's such a fun idea and can really like blow the roof off of a theater. Honestly, I will say for like a Dreamgirls revival, I don't know if you need names. Mm. Like I kind of think if you just get like a really like if you get an Effie that is sure to cause a splash right I think Dreamgirls kind of sells itself I don't know but that's just me that's also because I'm a big Broadway gay and yes put Dreamgirls up and I'm seeing it. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking I think Joshua Henry would make a very good Curtis mm. um I wonder if he's a little young but like uh, it'll be next year he'll yeah. be a year older um but I a name that came to my mind was Kiki Palmer. Oh. But I'm like, is Kiki Palmer, because personality-wise, Kiki Palmer is a bit of a Laurel. Like, I think mm. she could really blow the roof off as Laurel. Right. But she's such a big name. Right. Like, and she is versatile enough to pull off a Dina, yes. I think. She's kind of like, she kind of like lives in a, a Dina slash Laurel land. Right. Uh, that I feel like she can pull off either role, but she's Kiki Palmer, so like, Adina, I think, could work. Right. Yeah. I get that. I but mean, I would love to see her Laurel. Like, her Laurel would be so it would be amazing. much fun. And if she were Laurel, and I realize this is a reach, and we were just talking about her, if Halle Bailey was Dina, and Alex Newell was Effie, that would be something. Maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> you think she's I, too young? I, no, I feel like Halle Bailey's too big. <laughs> at, at this very, at this very at this moment. Very moment. Yes, not is. that, like, Kiki Palmer's not, but, like, like it's, it's just a different type yes. of, like, position that they're in in their stardom at this point. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, maybe both of these could be limited engagements. Sure. But I feel like wouldn't that be such a cool way to see Hallie in person as her star is rising of course, to these yeah. giant levels? That's like, the thing with Hallie. It's, like, her star is, like, such on a super steep decline, whereas right. Kiki Palmer is, like, the established, has been around yes. since, like, before Aquila and the Beast. Yes. So, like, Kiki Palmer, I think, is a more realistic choice of just being, like, and now here is, like, my Broadway lead, whereas Halle Bailey right now at this very moment yes. is quite busy. Yeah, she is a bit busy. She um, is a bit busy. Especially even after the color purple comes right. out. Like that. Yeah. So I, I did also think Halle Bailey for a second. <laughs> Be cute. Yeah. So. She, Cause she would sing the shit out of those songs and they have added listen to the uh, live performance. Yes. The, uh, Broadway the, yeah, version? it was added to the London revival, oh, London with, revival. um, with, uh, from, uh, what's it, what's it called? Glee. Amber, Amber Riley. Riley. Oh. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yeah, I guess I, you can't throw Amber Riley in as well because she is, she's effy. Yeah. <laughs> she's effy. Yeah, That's a great question, though. I love that Jamie it question. It is a very fun question. The next email came to us from Taylor Swift herself. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it says in the from line, it just says Taylor Swift. Which we appreciate. So I'm going to... I'm going to believe it's Taylor Swift. I don't believe it. And and this is a question Taylor Swift would, a- would ask. It's basically, do you like my new songs? <laughs> <laughs> Email my heart, t- Taylor Swift reaction video. Hi, Matt. Uh, I'm wondering if you heard the new Taylor Swift songs, and if so, what are your thoughts on them? Or is that going to be a reaction video? It is not going to be a reaction video, not. so it is going to be an email my heart question. <laughs> and they sent us There's Hits Different, which was released a little bit after Midnight's was released, but just as like a special, I don't even know what it was. Right. Um, then You're Losing Me, which came out this week. Also Snow on the Beach featuring Morlana, which came out this week. Mm. And Karma featuring Ice Spice, which of course came out this week. New music oh, video with that one. New music video with that one and that's being pushed to be the single also I know that you will be reacting to Chemistry by Kelly Clarkson on June 23rd but I think Matt Steele said he was a fan of Maisie Peters and her second album The Good Witch is still come is coming out that same day so I'm wondering if you will also react or do an album review of that one that would be a lot of work. It would be. <laughs> I think we might be tired, but we can talk about That's it. That's true. And I will absolutely be listening to that Maisie Peters album because yes. I loved her previous album. So I would plug into the podcast where hopefully Matt Steele will talk about his listening experience. Yes. I don't anticipate there'd be a separate video for it because we'll be very Kelly focused. You know, we're Kelly Clarkson people. Yes. Through and through. Uh, so you've heard all the songs hits different. You're losing me snow on the beach featuring Morlana Karma featuring Ice Spice. Which one's your favorite? I have not heard all of those. Oh, <laughs> what have you not listened to? I haven't listened. I heard you're losing me from my phone uh-huh. uh, and I heard um, I watched the music video for the Ice Spice remix. Okay. You, you, but you listened to the whole you're losing me, right? I think, yeah, I finished it. All right. Because 
yeah. this is shocking to me because You're Losing Me is one of the best songs she's released in years. In wow. I think You're Losing Me is excellent. And girl, from the vault, my ass, you wrote this after that damn breakup. I need to re-listen to it. I Because well, it was like just playing from my phone speakers. I didn't have headphones in. The lyrics were very cutting. The bridge especially, which you started talking about. That through up to the ending. Yes. It's devastating and so relatable. And I, I feel everything. I'm like, this is what I want. All right. Taylor. I think You're Losing Me is great. And the fact that it complements like Cornelia Street so well. Oh. And and the fact that it the, the chorus kind of complements Labyrinth really well and mm. we both like Labyrinth yeah. um, I love You're Losing Me and I've always liked Hits Different you as have. well when I first heard Hits Different I was like girl why why was, why was wasn't it this instead of Question right. on, the, on the album <laughs> why would you put right. Question on the album when Hits Different is better that is the question that is the question um, Snow on the Beach Snow on the Beach listening to it I think it's a song that you and I both have have liked more as time has gone on right, right? And, I, and I feel like people gave it so much shit when it first came out I was like guys this song is fine like I yeah. appreciated it I liked Lana's little voice notes on it How is she on there a lot more this new version yeah she does like the second verse okay. more and everything it's, it's very nice good um, and I think Lana's voice sounds beautiful on it right and no I I, I like Snow on the Beach yes. Um, and Karma featuring Ice Spice it's, it's, it's Karma featuring Ice Spice it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like I personally I hate to be a negative Nancy, but I'm a little not needing remixes of songs that the production doesn't change at all. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we love Beyonce, but she's like, America has a problem featuring Kendrick. And it's like, okay, but this is the same. We've just removed a verse from you and added Kendrick, which I guess is cool. But back in my day, Mariah Carey would remake an entire song for a remix. And to me, it's like, it's cool. It's interesting. It's fun to have these little feature moments, but like, I, so rarely am I going to be excited about a remix in which the production is the same. Okay. And so that's how I feel about the Ice Spice remix as well. I am fine with Taylor not putting as much work into a remix as she you think she needs to because she's also busy writing songs like You're Losing Me. <laughs> I am fine with the fact I that she great. decided to focus on writing You're Losing Me I love it. as much as she did because I think You're Losing Me is great. All right. I'll take another listen. Please do. I will. Uh, so this question comes to us from Durga. Durga says, dearest Matts, my prom is coming Friday and I'm still in denial that it's already here and grade 12 is almost over. In that same vein, I'd love to hear any stories from your guys' prom and any advice you have on how to enjoy the last month of high school. P.S. Recently, I've been going on walks and listening to full albums, so I'd love to get your recommendations. I'll accept anything. The whole point is to expand my listening. Girl, Carolina change. Take a two and a half hour walk. Kimberly Akembo. (laughs) Album of the year. (laughs) I don't even know if Durga likes musical theater. She, She she wants these. to expand, she right? Want, you want to expand, Durga. Um, any prom stories? Any prom stories? Um, not super. Like, I went to my junior prom, went to my senior prom. It was very fun. There was, like, an after party after the senior prom where, like, people were, you know, hooking up and drinking, and I was doing neither. <laughs> and so I was just also there just being like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was yes very much like you guys are at a place in your lives that I am not at a place in and you know you know as a gay what can you really do Mm -hmm. but people were having fun and we love that for them Uh, my biggest memory of my senior year as I was ending it was I think I internally must have been more stressed than I thought I was about this transition because that's when I began to get semi-regular hives like I would just like have hives all over my body I would wake up with them and like I'd be having to take Benadryl to get them down and I think it was stress-based it happened to me like the last half of senior year and like the first half of my freshman year of college and so that was kind of distressing and we there are like little senior things that we did like we would you know run through the halls after like sliding in mud which I didn't want to do anyways but I didn't get a chance to do because I was at home nursing my hives and so I didn't handle it great. It was a big transition that my body was not ready for. So advice for Durga, don't get hives. Don't get hives. And if you get them, just stay home. Those little, the thing is, I feel like I'm sure those senior moments that I missed were exciting for some people, but a lot of them involved getting messy. And I liked being clean back then and even now. We didn't have any like messy moments for, because my, well, my advice for Durga is just going to shit all over your advice because my <laughs> advice for Durga is to do every single event and thing possible with your class. Like whatever, like whatever function is happening that day for the seniors, go to it, arrive when it starts leave when it right when it ends like mm. do everything because you will never get 
that chance again. Just whatever, just as long as it's, you know, legal and safe, <laughs> just, just do it. And because these are people who I'm assuming you kind of grew up with. So like you will never have the chance where you're all together right. again. And these people are so instrumental in like your development and your life and everything. And you will just never have that experience again. So just do it, do it all. All the all the fun stuff. Hey, no, I it. agree with you. I think you yeah. should do it, but not if you have hives. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as far as prom goes, I mean, you know, my proms were very nice. Like yeah. I had like our junior prom, uh, and we had a separate junior prom and a senior prom. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I loved both of them. And then a senior prom, there was always what we called post prom mm. uh, to avoid. So you know the faculty wanted kids to avoid going to those parties where debaucherous things were happening right. they would have po- like you had to go to post prom mm. which after prom you went to your school and the whole school was decorated oh, that's like whatever fine. theme it was like our theme was Disney that year and the whole school was decorated and they had like bouncy houses and games and like carnival things and like fortune tellers and, wow. and like all this crazy stuff and so you were there from probably like midnight after like prom was done to like 8 in the morning oh my gosh and so it was to make sure like kids did not go out and do right <laughs> like dangerous <laughs> things um and so that was very fun and i'm gonna get all my soapbox i've talked about this on the podcast before oh here we go about food at prom <laughs> when i found out that there were proms out there in america the land of the free mm-hmm. and these proms did not serve you food that's embarrassing and your school is jipping you of a good time. Like when you, t- I think it was you who told me that say, your prom did had, not have food. I don't think we had Our food. prom gave us like a five course meal. Wow. There were like, cause that's what prom, that's what made prom different from a dance. Mm. Like dance, like there were snacks and everything, but prom meant you had like, you know, the soup, the salad, the pasta dish, the main course, the dessert. I mean, and we went to Johnny Rockets beforehand, like in our suits and things. I thought that was fun. But see, that's the school putting it on you to eat and you to like make arrangements yourself. Whereas mm. at prom, it's just like, it's like a wedding. Like you go and there's a whole itinerary and everything. And, and so when I found out that there were schools out there that did not <laughs> offer food at proms, like I was shocked and appalled and so Durga if they're not having that I mean I guess you can't change it now but like I suggest maybe you take a stand and tell the kids take like we are being wronged and we should get discounts on our prom I love tickets. that you're like we need to make your last time at high school like essentially footloose oh, lead a <laughs> revolution girl like lead a revolution tell whoever one president of the senior class the next year coming in like hey like get the school to give you the budget to have a prom with a full course meal like please please do that make a change Durga also speaking of the wedding of it all I feel like there's at least in some uh, proms that I've seen now that like people go all out with like prom preparation like hiring videographers of like mm-hmm. oh I'm putting on my dress and like we're staying in front of this big arched thing instead of like oh we're kind of wearing our things and taking pictures in front of the house yeah. and I think some people have an issue with that and maybe if like people are spending beyond their means whatever but like I'm not in anybody's pockets and you know what I say I think it looks great <laughs> I like that people are like this is gonna be a big moment for me like let the young people have fun I yeah. feel like there was a big thing online this week about like two kids who like had a whole big video and like thing around their uh, prom uh, experience. I'm like, I think they're having fun. Yeah, just Good go for, for it. It's and, harmless. And they're being creative. Absolutely. Which is, you know, should always be encouraged. As long as there's not like, oh, like battles against each other, which causes like yes. stupid teenage like, drama. Is the biggest or best of whatever. Like you yeah. don't need that, but because make like, it a moment. Because guys, you're kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Reminder that you're kids. Reminder and it's not even your money. Yeah. Yes, so it's, it's not like, your money. What are you proving? You yes. didn't make that money. And all that money and effort should be going into the food at your prom. And, or your college. <laughs> One <laughs> and of the two. Your college, yes. <laughs> it's all true. Yeah. Uh, so is that all the questions you want to go through? Uh, that That is, yes. So Matt Steele. Yes. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What has been giving you moments, darling? Oh, God. On Monday. Mm-hmm. I sat down at a boba place and, oh. I, and I'm like, before work, I'm going to get some, I were, before like I go into my restaurant work, I'm yeah. going to get some like actual work done and creating these shot lists for this thing I'm directing and I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to remain super focused the second I sit down. <laughs> I'm just like, let me just pop on Twitter for a second. Just a second. No one's ever popped on Twitter for a second. For <laughs> months, I have been dying for any sort of color purple footage. It's anything true. at all. It's what true. happened when I sat down immediately, the color purple trailer <laughs> was released. I have watched this trailer about 500,000 million times. And every time I like it better than the next, I am so ready <laughs> 
for Fantasia's performance. You, you, that trailer is so well done. It's beautiful. In how it's edited and how it incorporates the song I'm Here into it and how it builds. Visually, the whole movie looks stunning. The trailer is emotional. It's emotive. And you just watch it. And the fact that everyone got excited from it, even people who didn't know that a color purple movie was happening, they're just like, I have to see this. This looks great. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oprah, you are so talented. Steven Spielberg, you are so talented. And you're producing skills because you are doing it right. And and it's so funny that because, you know, on the Discord, we talk a lot like, before the trailer dropped, we were like, why, why, when are we getting something? When are we getting something? It's not fair. It's not fair. And then when it came out, I was like, of course we're getting it now, now that it's the week of the little mermaid being released. So we can like cash in on that Halle Bailey stock. Absolutely. And so everyone's talking about Halle Bailey. Every, she'll pop up on everyone's algorithms. Everyone will be watching this color purple trailer. I, I mean, I, I love how you're like, I promise I won't talk about Vanderpump Rules every single week on this <laughs> podcast. Yes. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Fantasia and her Oscar campaign every single podcast it's from happening. here on out. Even after she wins, I'm going to still talk about it every single podcast. <laughs> Look forward to it's that. It's going to be my personality from now until the end of time. She looks amazing in it. Those shots of her, she looks so beautiful. And her vocals are just are just so of course, Fantasia, <laughs> perfect. Like, I'm so, so excited and I'm so ready. I will <sighs> say, as a person who I think was a normal level excited about this, like, I don't know the show terribly well from front to back. That trailer was fucking excellent. Excellent. Like, I was like, why am I this excited about this? Like, I have to watch it. Opening day, wherever I am, it's going to be Christmas Eve, right? I want to see it. Oh, yeah. I just like, I am just so, so excited. It looks beautiful. The shots are incredible. Just the cinematography is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the story is going to be amazing. Obviously, the music's going to be amazing. I just, I was like, you know what? I get it. Because initially, I was like, okay, Matt Steele loves what he loves. XYZ, we like that. But I was like, oh, no, I, I get it. Like, that's the opposite way of when I watched the Catch trailer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which you had the same reaction to, oddly oh, enough. Oh, because after I saw a second at trailer, I was like, uh, yes, I am ready to it's believe. It's truly the opposite of Cats, and that's all I could have requested. Like, I'm I'm already so moved. I am prepared to cry. I care so much. Oh, and the performances just look so great. And just Unbelievable. Fantasia at the helm. Just, ah. Uh, Is she uh, going to be the second American Idol winner Oscar? I'm, I'm trying desperately to not get my hopes up. <laughs> okay. I'm trying desperately to not to tell myself it's not going to happen <laughs> I, because I do not want that disappointment on me. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm trying to remain grounded when it comes to the Fantasia Oscar campaign. Okay. Um, regardless of whatever happens at the Oscars, which I realize are like a year from now, whatever. Right. Regardless of whatever happens, we will have Fantasia as Seely recorded on film. We Absolutely. will have the soundtrack of her singing all of those songs and playing the role that she was born to play, and that is Miss Seely in Alice Walker's The Color Goddamn Purple. Oh. Beautiful. I can't wait. Truly. It's literally like so exciting for me to be as, ex- not as excited, but excited for a movie that you're like making your whole personality because Babylon I still haven't come around to. And of course, Cats was devastating to me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is exciting. We get to, I get to like really root for you and your film from the stands. Thank I love you. That. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've earned this. You really have. I really have, guys. Uh, for me, I just have to say that. If you're not watching the other two, you're doing everything wrong. If you need a reason to hope that the writer's strike ends, watch the other two. It is like obviously been like a kind of broad-ish comedy since the its beginning. It was a show about two siblings who their little brother becomes famous and it is turned and it is warped into something completely different. Now Molly Shannon, who plays their mom, got like a Kelly Clarkson-esque spinoff talk show and then in this season, which is kind of fast forwarded a bit, she has her own network. Like she is Oprah level (laughs) famous and they're like becoming more successful in their respective careers. But as like the stakes get higher, like the scene, like the episodes are becoming so much more surreal and out there and it's like there's a whole storyline of Brooke who is the daughter uh, and she decides to quit the industry. She was a talent manager and she's quitting the industry because her uh, boyfriend Lance became a nurse during COVID and he gets more attention and she decides (laughs) she wants to start doing good to get more attention and uh, she goes to an industry party after having announced that she quit the industry and no one can see her. She's become a ghost. (laughs) 
everyone in the industry only talks to other industry people. So the whole episode is her trying to get the attention of people that are still in the industry. So it's just like brilliant. Wanda Sykes is amazing on the show. Drew Tarver, who plays Carrie, is great. It's just a brilliant piece of television that I can't tell you how absurd it is these days but it's even still grounded in reality like the first episode was all about Carrie he had finally gotten a part in a movie that was debuting on Hulu he spent the whole episode trying to get his Hulu login correct trying to watch it <laughs> through other people's windows he finally watched it at Molly Shannon's home theater with like the head of Sony because she's friends with him and then he, he's like I getting everything he wants he's so happy he goes home and then as the credits roll he just looks on Twitter at the like hashtag of like Night Nurse, the name of the movie, and just scrolls and scrolls and scrolls. And so it's like, oh no, this is dark. Oh, this no. is dark. It's absurd. It's hilarious. It is everything. I cannot recommend the other two on. I was gonna say HBO Max, but I guess now Max. <laughs> Enough. Brilliant television. Well, look, the good thing with the other two and the writer strike yes. is that all these shows that you know you're used to getting like yearly, yes. that are you know are coming out in like 2025 now, and people yes. are devastated. The other two, it's always like four years I between know. seasons anyway. I wish it so wasn't. This is a per- the writer strike gives the other two a perfect schedule. <laughs> Honestly, it's par for the course. I'm excited to see where the season goes, but it's just 10 out of 10 show you gotta watch. Um, Oh, also one more thing I wanted to say that my mom texted me about. On June 1st, you should go to Peacock and watch a film called Art and Pep. It is a beautiful story about um, two... Guys who have been in a relationship for many decades and have built their relationship on activism and the other one has opened a bar and it's, it's so much about queer joy and how that bar survived through the pandemic and their activism over their their lifetimes truly and their beautiful relationship together. Like if you want to see their romance, it's there as well. It's a beautifully done documentary that's coming to Peacock on June 1st. And also just because it has to be about me a little bit. The credit song at the end of the film is a song of mine called Used to the Dark. I am so happy to play the smallest role in this film, and that song means a lot to me. So when Mercedes Kane, the director, reached out and asked to use it in the film, I absolutely said yes. I was thrilled. I went to the premiere. I saw it in Outfest, I think about a year ago. So I'm glad it's finally going to be on streaming uh, so that the world can see it, because it's really, really a beautiful documentary. I think you're going to love it. And it's a fucking awesome song as well. I mean, yes. I mean, Hello, yeah. the song goes <laughs> off, guys. Used to the Dark. It's, it's available to stream now, by the way. Absolutely, it is. <laughs> but it's on the good part. If you want to see it in the context of a story, yes. Art and Pep, June first. Yes, you're just gonna, becoming a pro at writing credits. Songs. <laughs> I like know, songs right? that really like put the exclamation point. On, I know. On, at the end of the movie. I mean, and for you, I was it was a bespoke song. I was like, we need to write this for divas, and this is just like it just fit. I guess it just fit. It just fit. It just fit. Oh, all right. Is there anything else we need to tell the people? I don't think so. Guys, thank you so much for watching or listening to our podcast this week. Everybody have a happy and safe Memorial Day, and we will be in your ears next week for another episode of Two Gay Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.